Good morning, everyone. Um, so like Kent said, we're the library mission team for this year, and we're going to kind of share about our experience. Um, so I'm going to introduce the team. There's a team picture up there. But I'm Taylor Mayberry, and we had Landon Mayberry, Carly Phipps, Cassidy King, Bailey Robertson, and our fearless leaders, Gary and Paula Dumb, and Todd Robertson. We also had Isabel Hagen with us. But also, there's some people in that picture. Um, Dave is over on the left-hand side. He's who we stay with. And his daughter is in the middle, Davina. Lucy is usually there when we're there, but she was in the States. And then far on the right is Joseph. He's one of Dave's closest friends, and he um, helped drove us around and was a huge help in a lot of everything that we did. Um, and I'm going to kind of give a little like, overview and timeline of what we did while we were there. Um, a few weeks before we left, Gary sent out an email for our theme for the trip, and he used Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 and 24, and that says, Whatever you do, do it from the heart, as something done for the Lord and not for people, knowing that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord. And he also shared in that part that, um, that we're there to be servants and have a servant's heart and that, you know, our plans may change and we may have something that comes against us. But if we just keep our minds focused on being a servant, then everything is going to be fine. And I know that God was already, like, telling Gary everything that was going to happen while we were there. Because the first day we were there, we sat down and we planned every little detail out of what we were going to do. Well, I think literally every single day the plans changed, what we were going to do, everything changed. So um, going in with that scripture and knowing that we were there to be servants no matter what we were supposed to do or where we were going to go really helped us all be flexible with that. Um, so the first things we did, we had medical clinic on Thursday and Friday, the first week we were there. Um, the first day we worked for, both days we worked for about seven hours straight. And the first day we saw about 170 people. Um, and we tested them for malaria, and about 30 of them tested positive for malaria. So we were able to treat them and get them the medication that they may, um, without us, wouldn't have been able to go get that or pay for it themselves. The second day, we saw 220 people, um, and it was about 6 o'clock, and Gary's like, I think we need to shut things down, and there's probably still like 50 people still in the little waiting area. Um, so we had to turn quite a few people away, too. And there was also 34 people that were tested positive for malaria. And I would say probably like 75% of the people that we tested had um, eye problems and we gave out reading glasses to. Um, and we also tested, like, checked their blood pressure, um, tested their urine. Carly and Isabella stepped up and volunteered to do that job, and that was really awesome. <laughs> and people checked their eyes, and Todd checked their ears and looked in their mouth and everything. Um, and then Saturday, we did like a mini vacation Bible school um, at Life Chapel, which is Dave's church. And Carly led the vacation Bible school. She made a curriculum. So we would have a lesson, a craft, and then do a game outside. Um, and on Sunday, Cassidy brought the word um, at the House of Prayer, which was like the little tin church that you saw in the video. And Gary and Bailey helped with that. And the rest of us went to Life Chapel again. And Carly and Isabella shared some amazing testimonies. They were very good. And then the whole next week, um, we thought we were going to be at Life Christian Academy, which is Dave's school. But again, like I said, you know, everything changed. So if we got up early enough, we could go run down there and play with the kids for a little bit before we had breakfast. And Carly led a vacation Bible school at the Hour of Prayer school um, in the morning. And in the afternoon, we taught... Dave's college classes to pastors and leaders of the area. And so that was super weird. We didn't really think we should be teaching college classes because most of us are that age in college ourselves. So um, Carly taught ministering to children. Isabella and Cassidy taught the New Testament survey. Todd and Bailey did interpreting the Bible. Landon did ministering to adults and systematic theology, and Davina and I helped one day with that, too. And Paula did English composition. Um, and then Saturday, we did a baptismal service, and you saw that in the video, too, where we baptized four people um, in Dave's church. And then we got to eat lunch by the ocean, where we actually met a guy named Paul who played the bagpipes and got to talk with him, and he travels the world playing bag bagpipes. So he came to Dave's church the next day. Um, and we marched into the saints come marching into the church. Um, <laughs> and so then on Sunday, Landon brought the word at Life Chapel, and Cassidy and I gave a testimony. Um, but something that, like, blessed me throughout the trip, 
trip was at the medical clinics, like seeing like Bailey, I, and Cassidy have a, you know, we're in nursing school, we're our nurses, and everyone else like jumped in when we're ready to go and didn't care if they were testing urine or doing weird things, but um, <laughs> everyone jumped in and um, that really blessed me to see that because I thought, you know, we were just going to have to do it and um, struggle through it, but yeah, um, so Bailey's going to share next. <laughs> Um, this is my second time going, and um, this year was a little different than last year. Uh, last year, I came back, and I was totally shocked by the way they lived and, you know, what they experienced. The um, mud houses, no electricity, no toilet, which we got to experience that this year, too. But um, when the church doesn't have a toilet, you know. Um, but um, this year... It was um, more knowing that I had to trust God when I left. Um, that we, with the medical clinic, we were able to um, help out as much as we could, but we still had to trust that God was going to finish and completely heal. Um, there was a kid at the hour, a little girl at the hour of prayer. She had gotten hit by a car and broke her leg. And that she also was a big blessing to a lot of us. She walked around on crutches, and we honestly thought she was faking it until she took the cloth off her leg, and you're like, ooh, that's painful. But she played um, with all the kids like nothing was wrong. She always had a smile on her face, and she never saw, uh, seeked attention just because she was hurt. And uh, that was something that really blessed me. But we prayed for her, and I had to trust that God's healing her right now and that, um, you know, he's the ultimate healer. He's a good God, and he's going to take care of her. But um, praise team, also, they praise awesome over there. Can you guys do some, like, dance moves? Because they got you on that one. <laughs> but, no, they, uh, the Holy Spirit is definitely moving over there, and it was, it's such a, it's a great experience. And if you have a chance to go, you should definitely go. That's good. Uh, so, like Bailey last year, this year was my first time, and it was awesome. And I remember a few years, well, last year, I don't know if I said few years, last year they were all up here. And I remember sitting in my chair, and I was like, that's going to be me next year. And all along, I just, you know, and then I heard about it this year that it was coming up, and I was like, I'm going to go on this trip. And my mom even says when I was younger, I always wanted to go on a mission trip when we'd go on Christmas and see it in the pamphlets. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> good old Christmas services. Uh, but, yes, so I was very, I thought coming from Kansas City, I thought Oakton and Lamar was quite the culture shock. But then I went to Africa, and that was quite the culture shock there. I mean, it's kind of like farming, but then it's all dirt instead. It's just like, it's fun. But I remember right when we got into our rooms, there was a lizard on the wall. And then I was like, I'm sleeping with this man tonight, and there's just a lizard on my wall. And then, yeah, I got really good at squatting to go to the bathroom, and... <laughs> It was fun. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> but there's a couple things that stood out to me a lot. The, um, like Bay had said, the services, the dancing, that was awesome. Um, there was, I got to preach a Wednesday night at youth, and I remember that was the scariest moment of my life, and I was, like, sitting here, like, reading like this, and I did not take my paper down put it down. But uh, in Africa on Sunday, I got the opportunity. And when the Holy Spirit's moving, it's just awesome. I mean, I could not, like, I looked randomly and stuff, but the word, it was like word vomit. Like, I could not hold it back. And it was just, like, flowing. And it was probably the awesome, most awesome experience I've ever had in my life. And um, glory to God, because it was just, I mean, th that service, we, we got to meet those people um, because that's where we did the college class that she was talking about. And those leaders in the church, those were where I got to preach. And the, ser the sermon I brought forth was very basic. It was just about how God is faithful. And at the time, I kept kind of trying to change my sermon. And then afterwards, it was very evident why that sermon was so perfect for that group of people and whatnot. And something that was challenging for me, and I'm excited to go back and continue to grow these people, is that there was a woman that got saved. And it, it concerned me that 
how she was being brought up. When I got saved and stuff, I had people that continually were there for me. They held me accountable. And for that group of people, that was something that challenged me. And I had to put my faith in God because it's very nerve-wracking leaving her in those hands. Um, so that's why I had to trust God on that situation. And um, the medical clinic was also one of my favorite things. It always was my favorite, but that was a really good time. And I loved that we were able to pray before we were doing our stuff because just letting them know that God's your ultimate healer. We're here to be his hands and feet, but God's going to be the one that heals you. So that was awesome to be able to give him all the honor there. And yeah, you all should just go. It's great. <laughs> there we go. Good morning. My name is Carly Phipps. Um, this was my first trip as well with Cassidy. Um, it was such a blessing to go with this group, um, friends and family now, I can call them. Um, we worked really long days, but uh, uh, we all pushed through and we all had a lot of fun together. Um, I had the privilege of putting all of our VBS and uh, children's curriculum together. And if you know me very well, you know that I'm a planner and very organized. Well, when every day's, uh, you don't know what to expect, you, uh, never know, uh, what lesson you're going to end up doing or if you're, if you're even going to use the lessons that I prepared ahead of time. But, um, I used most of them, but, uh, there was one day I needed a simple craft because we had anywhere from 100 to 150 kids in a little bitty room. So we were trying to think of something simple for the kids to do. And I had a bunch of craft sticks left over, so I put a little craft together. And so something that the kids didn't have to put together, and they could just simply color. So we, I ended up doing that, but I didn't have a lesson to go along with this craft. And so um, just um, in my quiet time with God that night and trying to figure out what I was going to teach the kids that day, um, he told me just to teach them the simple message of Jesus dying on the cross and that... Uh, we that he did that so we could uh, be forgiven. And, you know, that was the biggest blessing to me because that lesson was the um, one that the kids, it just clicked with them, and they understood it, and the questions that they were asking and the interaction we had with them was I never would have expected. And it's something that I hadn't planned ahead of time, and uh, God just used that simple craft idea and took it way far, farther than I could have ever imagined. But um, I'm so thankful that uh, I got to go to Liberia and experience this. Um, I, would have I didn't really know what I was getting myself into, but uh, God moved in big ways. And uh, as soon as I stepped off the plane, I really uh, wondered, what did I get myself into? Because as soon as you step off the plane, you uh, feel the humidity and the hot, and you just sweat the rest of the time. But uh, I'm really thankful that I had the opportunity to go with this group, and uh, thank you for anyone who helped supported us and prayed for us along the way. What to say? Um, <laughs> i tell you what, I had a... Uh, uh, I've been to, I've been with Gary now for three times over at uh, Liberia, and uh, uh, there was always something going on in my life that I, should, I, I don't need to be going, you know, the, or you know, there's always some reason I shouldn't go or didn't think I needed to go, but every time God prevails and I end up going, and uh, I tell you what, uh, uh, I thought this time maybe I'd get out and uh, meet some of these these people, you know. Uh, Get away from the crowd and, and kind of get and uh, check people out and, and uh, uh, just get to kind of to, to know wonder why they're in the situation they're in, you know. And uh, it's just uh, it's just something I it, it's always I've always uh, uh, just struggled with, you know. And so uh, uh, a couple of uh, people I met, uh, one of them was uh, this gentleman here in the red. His name was Joseph, and uh, he was a he was Dave's one of Dave's best friends and. Uh, Apparently, Dave's got a lot of friends, but uh, but anyway, uh, he 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 was telling a story. One story he uh, we I got talking to him at lunch, and Paula was with me, and uh, we start I started asking, "Well, what about these wild animals, man? Where's all the the monkeys and uh, all all the uh, lions and tigers? And you know, where do you got to go to to check these out? You know?" And uh, I wanted to get out there and, and uh, see what what was going on, and. Uh, he, so he starts telling me, he goes, uh, he was, uh, 
he was out in the jungle, or, or uh, uh, and they had a, uh, oh, kind of like a planetarium, you know, where they keep all the the the, the, dying, the extinct animals or the the ones that uh, uh, are dying off. And uh, he says, uh, and we start talking about the wild ones. They don't really come around the town where all the crowds are. And, but he said one time he was out in the woods, out in the in the jungle, in the and uh, he says uh, he heard this. Uh, vicious uh, noise I mean just and it was the roar of a lion he said and he said the whole he said soon as the roar of the lion uh, in the jungle he said uh, it was just unbelievable it just put chills down his back and he said there he said there wasn't a bird there wasn't an insect or there wasn't nothing for like three or four seconds or even uh, he he said five minutes you know it just uh, just uh, the roar of the lion just stopped everything and everything listened and uh, he said it was just, it's just unreal how loud. And, you know, you see the stories, uh, and when we sang the song, you know, of a, of a roar of a lion. And, uh, and I can just imagine when God does speak, you know, uh, that uh, everybody's going to stop and listen. And uh, it's just going to be uh, 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 awesome. But, uh, you know, some of the metaphors that the Bible uses and uh, different things... Uh, Seems like I experienced them a lot more, you know, like 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 he said, the roar of a lion. But you know, uh, just the, uh, the there's one main street through Monrovia, and uh, uh, and, and uh, everybody travels this road, and uh, the cars and the people they sell their goods on this road. I mean, they have the wells on the road on on this road on this path, and every day there's people, there's just millions of probably. There might be a million. I don't know up and down this road. I don't know. There's a lot, and uh, it just reminded me of uh, uh, back in in the Bible. You know, of Jesus' time. You know, they all took one road to to where they was going. All the cities were on the road, and that's the way this here is over there. And uh, you see just groups of people around a well, and you see, uh, uh, and they're all got their buckets, and they're all carrying water. They always got their stuff on their head, and it, it just uh, and their their markets are on the road. You know, and uh, what they're selling, uh, that's how they're making their living is, uh, you know, that's just where everybody commutes, you know, to make a dollar there on this road. And uh, it really uh, stirred my heart and uh, made me think about, uh, just made me uh, uh, think about uh, the way uh, it was back then and how uh, God uses his metaphors to uh, explain to, to us how, uh, how, how he wants us to, to follow his way. You know, a couple of other things, a, a gentleman I met, Joseph, he was telling the story of a, uh, and, you know, I'm just trying to figure this country out, you know. And uh, Joseph tells a story of a, uh, he, one time he was in the, at a place and uh, he had to hunker down for like four hours because there was bullets flying around on, uh, above his head. And so he just hid out there. I don't know what we was talking about, but, and he tells the story of all, how long he had to stay and in the grass while these bullets were going everywhere. And uh, so, so after he told his story, I was uh, the next day or something, I said, well, you, so you was in the Army? And uh, he says, no. And I said, well, where are you finding these bullets, you know? And he says, uh, he goes, uh, he's the same age as, as I am. He's around 50, 54. And uh, so, uh, so he says he was, he was in another country. And this country had a civil war uh, uh, 25 or 30 years ago, and uh, the the country was fighting against each other, and it's a civil war. And he said his sister lived in this in Monrovia, so he comes from another country in Africa, and he comes looking for his sister. He was going to get her out of the country and get her out of the out of the fighting. And he goes, and that's where he he ran across a, a little skimmish, and so he hunkered down. And after the skimmish, he went to he went. Uh, looking for his sister, and he knew where his sister lived, but he said it took like a week just to get to her house, just to go, you know, just to get there safely, and uh, he gets to the house, and it's just totally destroyed, and uh, he, he's looking around for some of his family, and uh, he walks around back, and there she, there his sister lay, you know, and uh, she had been killed, and they just left her, and, uh, and, and he tells a story, he goes on with the story of how he, he took her, and her, and he buried her, and, uh, and then, you know, and, uh, and uh, I don't know what I would have done. You know, I would have been ready to, I, I would have tried to kill everybody I could get a hold of, probably. <laughs> uh, but I just couldn't imagine finding your family destroyed like that. And uh, the attitude he had and the, uh, 
the glimmer in his eye and the kindness and the, and the love he showed to us, you know, and uh, uh, the kind of person he was. He, was, he, was, uh, he had a servant's heart. You know, we had a med- medical clinic, and he, would, uh, uh, he was right there in the middle of it. And uh, he just, uh, to go through something like that just really astounds me. Uh, we were, another example, we, were, uh, we always ate at a little restaurant uh, uh, every day. And uh, he, his name was Sam. And his mother-in-law had just passed away. And so his sister-in-law had come from America. She, her family lives in, uh, up in New York State somewhere. And uh, she was well-to-do. She'd done really well. She came over here and she went to school and, uh, and done really well for herself. But anyway, she comes back. And so I was talking to her, you know, and why did you leave, you know? Why did you leave the country? And she said whenever, during the Civil War, she, they had went on a trip, her family had, and she had like three young children, and uh, they went on a trip, and they get off the plane, and they, they, uh, they, they get in Liberia there, the airport's right there in Liberia, and they're headed to their house, and he, she said there was just, there was no, no uh, it was chaos everywhere as soon as she got off the plane. And she had heard, they had heard that they were having a civil war, but they, uh, they didn't really uh, imagine it being so bad, but she they couldn't find a taxi car driver or a ride, so they start walking down the streets, and there's dead people uh, lying on the street, and she covers the kids' eyes, you know, her kids, and she didn't want her kids to see them, and they get to her house, to their house, and they just pack up everything they could, as quick as they could, and put it in a handbag. She said that they didn't take nothing, hardly at all, just, just a few basic uh, needs, and they get back to the airport, and they get on a plane, and then they leave, and uh, I can't imagine... Uh, your country, your hometown, and uh, it's just uh, total chaos. And, uh, and so, you know, you got that period of time, and, you know, I'm starting to see, you know, there's no education going on there. You know, the kids are not getting educated. They're just trying to survive. And uh, uh, so, so you, you're dealing with that, and, you're, and your young people's dealing with that, and they don't, you know, you don't have a chance. And then Ebola strikes uh, years later, you know, uh, 10 years later, and uh, that just, just wrecks the country, you know, because the schools shut down. Uh, everything just comes to a halt. You're supposed to stay in They make them stay in their houses, and they can't get out. They're not supposed to be uh, commuting. And so, you know, that's another group of children that hasn't been uh, uh, educated, you know, that's at home, and they're not getting educated. And, uh, and all they have is uh, the Word of God. And, you know, I'm starting to see what, why this country is so uh, uh, devastated, you know, and... Uh, it just breaks my heart to, to see that. And uh, so that kind of explains how the, the country is, you know, and, uh, uh, and why, it's, why it's so bad off. But, uh, you know, so, so I, I continue to, uh, to investigate, you know. They, these guys would wonder where I went. I'd just disappear, you know. And, uh, but uh, so anyway, I was, uh, uh, so I was gone for a couple of hours or something, you know, and, uh, I went to uh, to the market and different things, but uh, uh, we had these gentlemen driving us around because they didn't trust us driving. Apparently, they did let Landon drive, but they wouldn't let Gary and me drive. I don't know <laughs> what to do. <laughs> but anyway, uh, those drivers and uh, you know they 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 were really quiet, and uh, I, you know we tried to joke around with them, but they didn't want to joke around. And uh, so whenever they'd stop, they'd stay out in the car. And uh, we'd all go in where we went, and they'd stay out there, and it was hot. And they'd just, uh, just hang out there to, in the shade and try to find some shade. And uh, so I'd go out there. I'd take them some food or I, whatever. You know, I'd take them a drink or, or I'd go out there, and I'd kind of uh, converse with them. And uh, oh, they acted like they're so tough, you know. And I said, well, we ought to arm wrestle, I said. And uh, they said, yeah, we'll arm wrestle you, old man. And uh, I, thought, <laughs> I thought, man, okay. And uh, so... Uh, so anyway, uh, they didn't think I was serious, and so we didn't arm wrestle right then. And, and I said, uh, "I'll, I'll uh, we go to lunch or something. We'll, uh, when nobody's around, we'll arm wrestle." And uh, and uh, they kind of giggled. And uh, so uh, so uh, that, so one day, one evening, we was in there, and everybody's kind of sitting at the table. So I get up and I go outside and take them a can of pop and uh, a bottle of juice or something. And, and I said, "Well, let's arm wrestle." And this old kid, he got a big smile on his face, and his partner was. Uh, uh, just laughing, you know, and uh, he wasn't going to arm wrestle him, and his partner goes, you said he's going to arm wrestle him, arm wrestle him, so I pulled the table out, you know, and, and we got locked up, and uh, with the grace of God, I beat him, <laughs> and uh, I said, uh, and uh, he goes, 
you come back. I'll be ready this time. You know, it's like, well, okay. So, uh, you know, and, you know, I kind of broke some chains, you know, and uh, uh, it seemed like it kind of lightened him up a little bit. But, uh, I, you know, just different things like that. The relationship you make with those people uh, is, is uh, just outstanding, you know. Uh, and, uh, oh, there was a couple other things. One other thing I was going to say. We'll just end it there. But, uh, you know, whenever I got off the plane to come home, you know, we'd get up early in the morning. I'd always wake Landon and, and Gary up. I'd try to be quiet. And, uh, and then we'd, be, we'd play cards, you know, or play games. And, and, uh, uh, and just you'd think you'd be wore out after all day. But when I got off the plane up there at Kansas City, man, I, had, I felt great. I felt like I was, I don't know if it was because of the crowd I was with or what, but uh, I felt like I was uh, 20-some years old, you know. And so anyway, so, you know, it's just the feeling you get when you get back and uh, I think it's the God-given energy that he gives us. And, uh, and I, 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 I felt that every time I went and got back, and I, I, I never did. But you know what? This morning, I, uh, I, uh, we, we, anyway, we had, my wife does these weddings. And so we always end up with all these flowers, you know. And uh, it's like, man, they're in the dumpster. It's like, man, spend all that time fixing them up, and you throw them in the dumpster, and it didn't make no sense. So last weekend... <laughs> And I, I'd done this in the past. And uh, so last weekend we had a wedding. And uh, just a ton of flowers. And I said, man, just throw them in my back seat. So they started throwing them in my back seat. And I took them up here to the nursing home up here at Maple Leaf and uh, Truman. And, uh, uh, you know, I got a few smiles, you know, this and that. Oh, thank you, you know. And so, uh, you know, they seemed like they appreciated it. And so, uh, and, uh, so I thought, well, then Landon got married last night, and they had all these flowers, you know. And I went around and asked all the mothers that had, a, had something involved, you know. I said, do you want these flowers? And, you know, they said, I don't, what am I going to do with them, you know. And so uh, uh, I said, well, I'll, I'll take them up here to the nursing home. So I took them up there this morning. I got up a little early because I was late for church the time I got out of there. So, and I knew we was going to all be here. And so I got up 30 minutes earlier, and I, I get in there, and... Uh, I get, some, I get a lot bigger smiles. I get a lot more conversation. Uh, you know, we have Arlene Marty. Marty's there. Floyd Banwert and just a ton of people. Uh, Jeff McNaught's mom was there. And uh, uh, Bobby Harvey's mom was all there. And so, uh, you know, a lot of these people I know, you know, and they, uh, you walk in the door the second time. And uh, you get the big smiles. And, they, and they're all eating breakfast in the morning. And uh, it just blessed, this just really blessed me. And uh, the next thing you know, I've been there 30 minutes. And I said, well, I better get to Truman. And uh, it was just the hugs and the smiles and the, uh, the appreciation over a little flyer, you know, that didn't have no water, you know, so I just put them on the floor. And, uh, but, you know, that was just, uh, it, it really blessed me, you know. And then I so saw I went to Truman and uh, up here and... Uh, you, they got this one guy that sits right up front in a chair and eats his breakfast all by himself, and you think he's the one in charge, you know, and you talk to him, you know, and, uh, and some of these people have got dementia, and so they didn't even see, remember me last week. And so uh, uh, it was just, and so, so I, I left the flowers, and I ended up talking to these ladies uh, that I talked to last week, and, uh, and uh, the smiles were bigger, the hugs were tighter, and, uh, and, and I had started a relationship with these people, and, and uh, I just love old people anyway. But uh, uh, the relationships, what I'm trying to say is the relationship that you're making with these people and the things that you do for these, these people. And uh, whenever I left there this morning, I felt like I got off that plane. I felt the energy. I felt the, uh, the excitement for the Lord. And you don't have to go to Africa, which I would, I would highly advise it, but... Man, you could go up here to your nursing home, or you could go wherever you want to go and uh, serve somebody, and you'll get that same feeling. And uh, I just pray that you uh, do something like that this summer. Thanks. Man, I tell you what, it, uh, it was a great trip. I had uh, a lot of fun, and I've heard... Uh, the last few days, a lot of my friends have been saying, you know, well, it's hotter than Africa here, and I assure you that it's not, okay? <laughs> like Carly said, you get off that plane, and you, it's like it, the humidity hits you in the face, and it's just, it's constant. 
But I tell you, through all of the sweating, uh, through all of the trials, through everything else, it's 100% worth it. And if you for a second were thinking about maybe God's calling you to go, don't even think about it and go. Because the, the time that you spend with those people, um, I'm convinced of one thing. I've been to uh, a few places now, and I'm convinced that you can only leave your heart in so many places. And uh, it's kind of hard to go there for a couple weeks, and you get a, a taste of their culture, you get a, a taste of the people, you get just enough, but then you have to, or you get to come back home, I guess, and uh, you're away from them again, and you find yourself sitting here in the greatest country in the world with prosperity at your fingertips, anything you could ever want uh, at a, you know, a message on a phone or, a, you know, you can buy it on your phone or whatever, and it's there in two days to not even being able to get uh, the materials and necessities that you need for life. And uh, teachers will tell you in school, you know, what a third world country looks like, and they don't have a clue. But what shocks me the most is that, you know, here in the United States, we're pretty, we're pretty picky. And, uh, you know, so, and sometimes un- ungrateful uh, for a lot of things. And so whenever you go up there, it makes you see uh, kind of what they have. But I guarantee you, even like the girl that Bailey was talking about who has a broken leg still, uh, and she's limping around on crutches, and she has an open wound, and she's still walking around playing with kids and smiling and laughing, I guarantee you if you ask her if the Lord was blessing her, she would say, Absolutely. And, you know, we argue about, you know, who got more rain. And uh, if I got enough for, for my crops, you know, I got a bunch of crops. But, uh, you know, we, we argue about piddly things and we worry about piddly things. But whenever you go there, you know, it really puts you in, in perspective. And the first, this is my second time going. And the first time I went, you know, Gary said something that really stuck with me. He said, you know, no matter where you go in the world, kids are still kids. And you go over there and you see those kids and, man, it just breaks your heart. And every one of them uh, wants to come home with you. And they'll ask. They'll be like, hey, bring me home with you. And I'd be like, I would love to. <laughs> but, you know, I might get in a little bit of trouble for that. But, uh, you know, the first time we went, it was about that. But then this time, uh, we got to teach in the college like they were talking about. And, you know, that was a big step of faith for, for a lot of us. Because, you know, to meet with a bunch of pastors and leaders and to teach them, that's a pretty big step of faith for a bunch of people who are still in college and and whatnot, and, you know, Gary, Todd, and I are overwhelmed. There's a bunch of girls on this trip, and, I mean, it's just crazy. But I tell you what, I saw, honestly, and I I mean this, because I don't give compliments often, right? I'm going to give one. But every time, and I'm pretty sure every day, every one of those guys over there impressed me in some way or another. The way they taught, the things they did. They taught college-level classes to pastors and leaders in an area, and all they had was a description or the title name of their class. No material, no anything. And every single one of them prepared and shared with these guys. And I'm telling you, it wasn't just like we shared with them and, and they didn't get anything. I'm talking these guys were soaking this stuff up. But uh, we really kind of saw the need in that, in that spectrum because, like, for instance, there was one lady who's a, a children's director of a church, and she doesn't even have her own Bible. And so it's like, how do you teach children's material and you don't even have your own Bible? And I'm talking, these people have access to hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people all around in their congregation and their school and all this different stuff. And, uh, you know, I was talking to several of them, and I said, you know, by the grace of God, let's say that we led 70, 80, 90 of these kids to the Lord. Are you comfortable leaving these kids with these pastors and leaders to train them up in the right ways of the Lord and know that they're taken care of? And I don't think one person said yes. And so that's kind of a hard burden to think about. And it's not because they're bad people or they don't love the Lord, but they don't have the access to the resources that they need to be able to disciple people. Just like Cassie was talking about. You know, she's had people pour into her ever since she got saved. You know, these kids, I don't know if they'll have that same opportunity. And so that's something that's kind of weighing more on my heart this time uh, than more so last time. But I tell you what, Liberia is a very interesting place. And the longer uh, you're there, the more that you kind of learn their culture and, you know, and why they're in the situation that they're in, like Todd was saying, all this stuff. And, and honestly, Liberia is probably an uphill battle both, both ways to get them to the place they need to be. But it's up to us to partner with them and to work with them to get them uh, to the place that they want to be. 
And so every, for every one of you that's sitting on the edge of your seat thinking, you know, maybe this is for me, maybe this is something that I should do, you should absolutely do it without a shadow of a doubt. Because even though that it's tough, even though that it's hot, even though that you'll sweat, even though that sometimes the days go a little longer than you want and the plans don't work the way that you want, I promise you that it's a battle that's worth it. Even though that it's tough, even though that it's hard, I promise you that it's something that you'll want to be a part of. So thank you. Good morning. Um, my name's Isabella Hagen, and um, first I just want to say thank you guys for welcoming me into Oakton and allowing me to be part of this awesome team. Um, it was a huge blessing. Uh, so this morning I just want to share a little bit with you about what I took away from the trip. Um, this was my first year, so going into it I had no idea what to expect. Um, and people, a ton of people have asked me since I've been back, like, you know, how was it? And I've said, Oh, it was amazing. God is good. And that's about all the words I could come up with. So um, it's just, it's hard to describe the experiences we had there and the connections we made. Um, but I want to take it a little bit deeper today with you. Um, I was flipping through my journal that I kept while I was there. And there was one specific thing that I, I think I wrote down every single day. Like it just stuck out to me. And I just felt so unworthy, you know, um, I was like, why God, why was I born into a family in America? Um, and I complain about my life all the time. And, you know, I'm like, oh, I really don't want to go to school. Like, what is education? Who cares? But, you know, these kids would be so thrilled to be allowed to go to a classroom with not just a chalkboard, but with iPads and books to read and all of this. And I'm I'm just sitting there thinking, like, what did I do to des- deserve this God um but then I got to thinking and you know it wasn't God that like chose to place me here and to place those kids there in such poverty but it was the sin that us as humans brought into the world um we brought this poverty and this inequality and all of this stuff um and so with that I think that all we can do is you know try to serve God's people and to love God's people because God sent his son to die for our sins, but we are still sinners, um, and we choose this sin every day, but I think instead um, we should be choosing to love one another and to serve one another, whether that's going on a trip to Liberia um, or serving right here in the church. There's a ton, tons of different ways that you can serve his people. Um, the guy in the red, Joseph, Taylor actually called him most of the time the wisest man in all of Liberia. Um, And that was really true to me because the first day um, or the first day we did the medical clinics, he was in there and he was talking to Carly and I and Joseph said that, you know, Christianity is different from all the other religions because we love one another and we choose to serve one another. And he said that it just looks different. And I thought that that really kind of stuck with me. Um, And I just want to encourage you guys to keep you know, keep looking different and keep loving one another and serving and keep supporting this team every year as they go and uh, supporting the churches and the people there in Liberia because they could use all the support. I'm trying to keep this brief. Um, Mine kind of dovetails in. It just, when you go somewhere, you think, okay, somewhere, there's somebody, God's, God has an appointment for me. There's something, and you're kind of always on the lookout for it. And with me, when Carly was talking about the craft she had, she put the popsicle sticks together for a cross and gave them markers. And, you know, markers over there, that's not something they get uh, to play with. Uh, if you show a teacher the popsicle sticks. It's like, okay, what can I use instead of popsicle sticks? They don't have all of these things that are just nothing to us. We take for granted. And so when uh, Carly did this, I was outside kind of preparing, trying to put together in my head what I was going to speak to the college class about. And they were asking these all of the kids, different ones, these really deep questions. 
and I'm hearing gradually, it wasn't Carly anymore, anybody on the team that was in the room was trying to address these questions and, and get them answered. And I'm thinking, either they don't know how to ask the question that they're looking for, or we're not hearing what answer they're wanting. And so I kind of, you know, sitting out there, I'm, I'm thinking this, and um, I don't know that I'd call it discernment, but when they had, were through and the kids were out playing, this little boy comes over, and he said, um, I don't really even remember what the question was, how he asked me, but I said, are, are you wondering why it is that Jesus had to die? Yeah. That's what he wanted to know. I'm thinking, okay, I don't think he expects me to go back to Adam and Eve. And so I'm thinking, how, you know, and it's kind of like, okay, God, this is yours. And so I said, I can't tell you the exact words, but something to the effect, to the effect that uh, we try to be good, we want to be good, but no matter how good we are, we can't be good enough. And uh, I said, but Jesus, he came and lived a life like ours. Situations uh, came upon him, but he was able to walk through this life without sinning. And so that made him the perfect sacrifice because God can't look on sin. And so Jesus gave his life and so when God looks at us, we are wrapped in Jesus. And so we are presentable. I said, but that's something we could never do ourselves. And yeah, he was up and off, off to play. And okay. <laughs> and But then the next day, I was doing, I would say the same thing, but I was inside that little long metal building that you saw that was both a school on one end and one-roomed uh, church on the other, and in a classroom, uh, you wouldn't call it a classroom here. I, I shouldn't even say, you can't envision what was there, but um, in comes this boy again, and he's talking, and he said, I want to ask you something if you could bring me something. And I'm thinking, oh, no. You know, the many years that Gary and I have gone places, we think we can't set it up to bring you to America. We're not here to help you get a green card, um, all these things. And he says, could you bring me a math textbook? And I'm thinking, never once. As I was growing up, and all the things I'm sure I've asked for in my life, would I even now ask for a textbook? And I said, well, I'll try. When, when I come back, I'll try to bring you a math textbook. He said, and, and maybe an English book. I said, okay, and I'll bring you a book, just a plain book to read, too. And about that time, this other friend of his comes in, and he doesn't know about this, but this boy tells him. And he said, well, can you bring me a math textbook and an English book and maybe a book to read? And I said, I will, but I'm going to have to ask you to do something for me. I said, you can't go out and tell everybody that I'm going to do this because as much as I might want to bring 150 books over, there's no way I can bring 150 books over. And so, oh, yeah, they'd be quiet. And his friend had um, just had told me, too, he said, uh, the second one that came in, when he first said, he's the smartest kid in school. And he said, I said, really? And he said, yeah, I'm second. <laughs> the, uh, I said, well, that's, that's really good. I said, you take advantage of what you, you know, what the teachers tried to teach you and everything. And um, the younger one said, who was 10 years old, or I say 10, I don't know. He was finishing the fourth grade. And uh, 
He said, do you know what I want to be when I grow up? I said, no. What do you want to be? He said, I want to be a pastor. And, you know, there again, I'm thinking, thank you, Lord, but my kids, I'm going to be a pro football player. I'm going to be a movie star. I'm going to be a rock star. Uh, You know, all, who thinks about a real life occupation, (laughs) you know, at 10 years old? But uh, they are just so appreciative of, of everything that they have and so, so much that they don't have are things that we don't even think about and take for granted. But the other thing that kind of dovetails is there are people you talk to in Walmart. There are opportunities that you have if you just have a smile on your face, each one of you are called, and you have a calling, and uh, God can use you where you are. I'd love to see you. Uh, it doesn't have to be Africa. I, I wish everybody could live and just go somewhere else, have the opportunity, and really you can just get out of your comfort zone because no matter what you think you don't have, you are so much better off than the rest of the world. And you've got, you know what does matter, and you've got the best thing to give to anybody. And that's the good news. And uh, so just be aware of that. You are a missionary. Thank you. Well, I want to say... Thanks to this team. I want to congratulate them. I did this at the first service, and I think it's appropriate. I want to congratulate them for a super job. Uh, Most of the team were young people, thank goodness. The rest of us oldies, oldies but goodies can't keep up with these young people, and it took a lot of energy for this team to function like the Lord wanted them to. I had one problem in looking at the uh, at the, the pictures up there on occasion. There was this old guy with the ball cap on, all stooped shoulder like this, and I couldn't figure out who that was. <laughs> you probably figured it out before I did. Okay. We had an awesome time, although it wasn't like we had planned. Carly and I are too much alike. We have things planned out to the minute detail, and we know how it's going to come down. Well, this time it didn't come down like we expected. And the Lord told me even this morning, he said, you know, I'm capable of taking care of things. I have have the ability to orchestrate what I want you to do when I want you to do it, and I'll reveal it to you in a time frame that you'll be able to accomplish that. And I saw that happen through our team this time. I have a real heart for the children in the school that Dave and Lucy have started. There was one early on in the, in the video, there was a uh, picture of me with a little girl. She had a kind of a stocking cap on her head. And why, I don't know, because it wasn't really that cold. But anyway, she was, she, uh, and that's, my little friend over there, three years, two years ago, she was probably three years old and she was constantly in trouble at playtime. They have these older kids that have sticks about so long and they kind of provide the discipline. And this little girl was constantly getting whacked. And I noticed that, I noticed she had something special inside of her. She was one of those special kids. I expect she was pretty darn smart. And uh, so I thought, you know, I'm going to sneak up behind her one of these times when she's about to do something. I'm going to grab her. I'm not very fast. She was a lot faster than I was. She'd take off. She must have had eyes in the back of her head because she'd take off before I could get her. But then I got, I was sitting up there on the the, uh, concrete on a chair and uh, these kids all want to come up and sit on your lap. Little kids do. And so they were up there, and I started giving them horse rides on my knee. You know, this is the way the ladies go, that sort of thing. And uh, I noticed that she was watching this very carefully. 
and she simply couldn't resist not to be up there sitting on my lap. And that's what broke the water. So she was my divine appointment that time and still is. And I have a real heart for little kids like that. So when she came uh, on the bus and we were outside, and I, have, I kept watching for her because I wanted to see her again, and when she came up by me, she went like this. And I thought, yeah, that's my little sweet little girl. So we have a real opportunity to be involved in that school. We have a real opportunity to be involved in a college. We have a real opportunity to be involved here at home. It's all about relationships. Um, Todd did an excellent job of describing some of the relationships that he had. We, we've experienced that a lot of places we go. People are interested in you being in relationship with them. The greatest relationship we can have with them is by telling them about Jesus Christ and what he has done for us in our personal life. A personal testimony will motivate people to want to be in relationship with Jesus. So as we close out this morning, we want to thank the church for those of you who helped support us uh, by giving us some of the materials that we asked or mentioned that we were going to use. Uh, I thank uh, those who helped provide some financial support to do that. And I, I say to you, you can do it. All you have to have is the desire. If you, have, if you think you can't do it because of finances, think again because God is very able to supply all we need through the, our, our relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, I see several people in the crowd. I see roses there that have been to Albania with us before. Uh, I see a lot of people who like, know what I'm talking about. God will provide if he called you to do something on his behalf. Okay. Let's close that in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this time together. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us opportunities, opportunities to share your love with other people. Um, give us courage to do that. Help us, Lord, to hear your voice when you speak to us about speaking to our neighbor, about uh, speaking to those in, we come in contact with. Lord, help us to be the disciples that you want us to be that your name would be glorified, that you'd be lifted up. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. And we are dismissed now. Thank you.